All right, Shabbosai, good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking, sorry, I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shirt. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Elul, Avram and Shandy Kalman for dedicating all the Shurman Drashos in memory of their parents. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. We thank our week of learning sponsors. Alan Wiseman, in commemoration of the 10th yard site of his beloved wife, Rita Rivka Rachel Bas Zachariah, Jesse and Rivka Mayravitz, in honor of the birth of a baby boy, to Shmuel and Shira Artman, uh, Dr. Ron and Marlene Gartenhouse, in honor of their sons, Harris and Simon, learning in Eretz Yisrael, Paul and Kathy Pollack, as a schuss for Shlima, for Andrew Rosenstein, Alter Ben Golda Etra of Columbus, Ohio, who is hospitalized with COVID. They have learning sponsors, the Hoffman Malamid Limos families, loving memory of Dr. Ronald Hoffman, Ruven Ben Emanuel, Eli and Joel Rashkovsky, in commemoration of the yard site of the Shloshim of Joel's father, Avram Ben Yitzchok, and the Plunka families, dedicating the Dafyomi Shir this morning, in commemoration of the yard site of Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kohen Kagan, the Chafetz Chaim, whose yard site is observed today. We thank all of our sponsors for their beautiful dedication and generosity. And above all, with that, let us begin. We are about to emerge Hashem begin the last daf of Mesechus Sukkah, filled with incredible, incredible Gemara. So today's daf is Nun Vav. Nowhere else to go. Right? Daf Nun Vav 56. We are picking up Emirat Hashem at the Mishnah Nun Heyam base 55b. Says the Mishnah. At three times during the year, all of the Mishmaros, all of the Kohanic shifts, we're equal. Now we'll say, now remember again, this goes back to yesterday's discussion, that whereas the Kohanim are divided up into 24 Mishmaros, and each Mishmar would serve over the course of a week. And over the course of that week, the Mishmar, the Bate Avos, the families which made up that Mishmar, would take turn with different things. On the Regalim, all the Kohanim were invited to come. All the Kohanim were invited to come. And therefore the Mishnah says, because they were all invited to come, they all had equal entitlement, Be'emure HaRegalim, now, we'll discuss exactly what that means. In Murim, usually refers to sacrificial parts which are burned on Mizbeach. So we'll have to see exactly what that phrase means. But okay, they're all legal with a Murei Regalim. Bechiluk Lechem HaPonim. And with the division of the Lechem HaPonim. Batzeres. Batzeres on Shavuos. Omerlo, the Kohen who's involved in dividing up the various Karbanos says. Omerlo, Heilach Matzah, Heilach Chometz. And what we're going to see essentially is that on Shabbos of Shavuos, there's the division of two different types of breads. There is the Lechem HaPonim, and then there's the Shteh HaLechem, which is the unique offering of Shavuos. The Lechem HaPonim is Matzah. The Shteh HaLechem is Chametz. So we're going to see that when they divide up the various things over here, the Kohen says, some of you will get Chametz, some of you will get Matzah. Some of you will get Lechem HaPonim, and some of you are going to get... Some of you will get lechem afanim. Some of you will get shdiyal lechem. Mishmar shizmano kavua. Now, listen. Here's what's interesting. Remember, on any given regal, on any given regal, even though everyone is invited to come and serve, lemaisa there was some koanic. There was some mishmar whose actual shift it was. Because remember, again, the calendar was divided up, so there was an on-call mishmar even during the Regalim, which of course is quite fascinating, because what that means is, 
it was someone's week, it was someone's week, yet all of the karma are invited to participate. So the Mishnah says, Mishma says, Mano Kavua, Hu Makrev Timidim Nidaran Nidav Shakabano Sibor Makrev Esakal. We're going to see, I will say, that again, as much as we say all the Kohanim are invited to serve, and all the Kohanim are invited to partake, they're invited to partake in things that are Yamtiv centric. But let's say again, the normal everyday Karbanos. For example, again, what he says as the, the Tamid, the Nidarim, the Nidavos, Shark Karbanos Sibor, other communal offerings which have nothing to do with Yamtiv. Those are assigned to the on-call shift, right? Those go to the mishmar whose week it actually is. Incredible. Says the Gemara, Imuri Haragalim Shagavoa Shagavaninu. So we'll say. So the Mishnah said. The Mishnah said that because all the Kohanim are invited to go ahead and participate in the avod of the mikdash. So therefore, what they all get to share in the Imuri Haragalim. We'll say Imurim, as I mentioned before, refers to sacrificial parts which are normally offered up on the Mizbeach. So the Gemara asks, Emuri Haragom, the Kohanim don't get that. Shalgavaninhu. That belongs to them. That belongs to Kohanim. Baruch. So you're dividing it up amongst the Kohanim. Rather, says the Gemara, Amr Avchista, Masha Amr Beregalim. What it means is, Emuri Regalim doesn't actually mean sacrificial parts. Emuri Regalim means Masha Amr Beregalim. That which the Torah says you should offer up on Yom Tiv, that is shared by all of the Kohanim. So therefore, again, Abosar, what the Mishnah is making is the following distinction. All Kohanim are invited to serve on the Regalim. But yet, remember, there is a Mishmar whose week it actually is, right? There is someone who's actually on call. How do you divide up the avoda? Anything that is related to Yom Tiv, all the Kohanim get to participate in. Anything that is non-Yom Tiv-centric, the Tamid, other Karbanos Tzibor, Nidarim and Nidavos, those are the domain of the on-call shift. Incredible. How do you know that all the Mishmoros have equal rights in the Yom Tov Karbanos? Because the Pasuk says he will come with all of the desire of his heart and he shall serve. So the Gemara is understanding, interestingly enough, that that is a reference to the Kohen on the Regalim. He will come and he will serve. And you might have thought that a coin could just roll into the base of Mikdash whenever he wants to do the Avodah. The Pasuk says, from one of your gates. This is so beautiful. When do Kohanim have the ability to go ahead and show up and do the Avodah as they please? Only Be'achad Sharecha. Listen to how beautiful this is. Only when all of Klal Yisrael is coming in through one gate. When is all of Klal Yisrael coming in through one gate? There's a reference to all of Klal Yisrael coming in through the gate of Yerushalayim. The gate of Yerushalayim, ultimately again the Regalim. So truly beautiful. Only when Klal Yisrael is all coming in through one gate that every coin has the right and the ability to show up to do Avodah. Beautiful. And remember again, the Kohanim also all share in the division of the Lechem Aponim. Now here's what's interesting, because this statement actually seems to fly in the face of what we said before. Remember again, we have two categories of Avodah. Yom Tov-centric Avodah and what we'll call normative Avodah. The division of the Lechem Aponim, which, which category would you put that into? What would you put that into? Normative, right? That's not Yom Tov-centric. Yet the Mishnah said, everyone, all the Kohanim who are there, get to share in the division of the Lechem Aponim. Remember again, Lechem Aponim is divided up on Shabbos. Because Shabbos is when the Mishmaros switch over. So the Gemara says, 
How do you know that all of the attending shifts, whoever's there, gets to share in the lechem ha'parim? Top of nun vav, tamud lomar, chelik kechelik yochelu. Literally again, chelik kechelik, each according to his part, will consume. Kechelik avoda, kach chelik achila. Interestingly enough, the Torah links the division or the consumption of the lechem ha'parim to avoda. Whoever's doing avoda, whoever is entitled to do avoda, gets to share on lechem ha'parim. So because all of the assembled kohanim have the right and have the ability to participate in the avoda, therefore what? Halacha l'maysa, they're entitled to participate in the achila as well. My achila. So which, so which achila are you talking about? Ilema karbanas. If you want to say it's consumption of karbanas, mehasam nafka. Do we learn it out from there? Again, in general, the way we know that a coin is permitted to go ahead and eat what he offers is because the Pasuk says, The Torah itself says, if you engage, if, you're, if you have license to engage in hakrava, in the offering, therefore you have license to engage in the consumption. You might have thought, I'm sorry, you might have thought that a coin would be entitled to partake of carbonos, or a coin who just shows up for the regalim. You might have thought that he, but it's not his mishmar, you might have thought that he has the right to participate in carbonos that are not yomtiv centric. Mostly, this is fascinating. Now, the phrase itself means as well. The Torah says, everybody eats their portion. Now, literally what that means is, except that which was sold by the fathers. Now, what does that mean? What did the fathers, the Kohanic fathers, sell to each other? So, So, we'll say very interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the Gemara says like this, technically speaking, every coin has a portion in every single carbon. Right? That's technically how it works. The carbonos are the domain of the Kohanim. But you can't have a system like that because if everybody has everything, then what happens? Everybody's everything, then no one is nothing. So what happened? What did the Kohanim do? They kind of made, the, the altar Kohanim made this arrangement, Ani b'shabasi We'll divide up. We'll divide up, right? You'll take this week, I'll take that week. And essentially what we do is, what we agree to is, I'll release my claims on your week, and you'll release your claims on my week. Therefore, again, essentially the Gemara goes in and explains that which was divided up by the altar kohanim, right? By the Zaydas, so that no other coin has a right in. But ultimately, again, Lechem Apanim, which the Gemara learns out from a Pasuk, from a Pasuk over here, and Avoda of the Regalim, that is shared equally. So essentially what we have is as follows. Any Avoda, that's Yom centric all the Kohanim who show up have the ability to go ahead, or I should say, Yom any Avoda that is rooted in the, or any carbon that is rooted in the Yom Every coin has the right to participate, and every coin has the right to share. Any carbon that has nothing to do with yomtiv that was just being offered up on any given day, only the on-call mishmar has the right to participate. The only exception to that is lechem aponim. Lechem aponim is divided up amongst all of the kohanim who are inside of the base. I make this beautiful. Bat seres. Omer said, this is great, this is great. So remember again, the Mishnah said that when you have Shabbos, Shavuos, there'd be two different breads which were divided up. 
the lechem aponim, which is matzah, and the shteha lechem, which is chametz. So the Kohen who's doing the division, he would say, Heilech matzah, Heilech lechem. You take matzah, you take lechem, right? That was a lashon. Heilech matzah, yeah. Heilech matzah, Heilech chametz. You take matzah, you take chametz. We'll say, watch this. This is great. Getting us ready for Yom Itmar, Rav Amar, Sukkah, V'achakach Zman. say first night Kiddush. What is the proper, first night of Sukkot, what's the proper sequence for brachas? Remember again, we have a number of brachas aside for Kiddush. At the end of Kiddush on Sukkot, we have Shech Yanu and Lishev Basukah. What is the proper order for those brachos? So Rav says the proper order is Lishev Basukah and then Shech Yanu. And then Shech Yanu, Rav Arachanu, Amar, no, Zman Ba'achakach Sukkah. He says, no, Allah, so first you should do Shech Yanu, then you should do Lishev Basukah. What's the Machlokas? Rav Amar Sogava Achakachzman. Rav says you should Leisheva Sokka then Shech Yanu. Why? Chiyuva Diyoma Adif. Because Rav says the obligation of the day, which is Sukkah, the obligation of the day is more important, takes precedence over Shech Yanu. Right? Shech Yanu again is a bracha that's stated many different times. But Lamaisa Leisheva Sokka. The Sukkah is the Iker of the Yamtiv. Therefore, that bracha should come first. That's that's. That's Rav's, that's Rav's logic. Sukkah is Leishavin and Shechiyonu. Rav Arachana, Mazman of Achrakach Sukkah, Rav Arachana says, no, you should do Shechiyonu first. Why? Tadir Vishenu, Tadir, Tadir Kodem. He has a different shikul, right? Whenever you have two brachas or two mitzvahs in front of you, in terms of, this, in terms of structuring precedence, we go ahead and we look at whatever occurs with greater frequency. So we'll say, here's the fundamental machlokas. Rav says, Leishav Basukkah. And then Shach Yonu, Rabba Bar Barchano, Shach Yonu, and then Leishay Basoka. Says the Gimar Leima, Rav, Rabba Barachana, Bugle Leishan, Esilaka Miflagi. Let's say that the Machlokis, Rav, and Rabba Bar Barchano, is a Machlokis, Beshamai, Besila, was the Machlokis at Rabbanon. First white line. The Tarabanon, Varm Shebin, Beshamai, Besila, Besuda. Here are the following things which Beshamai and Besila argue about in the context of a Suda. Watch this. When they say Besuda, they're talking about Kiddush on a regular Shabbos. Kiddush on a regular Shabbos. What's the proper order of Brachos and Kiddush? Remember again, on Kiddush, it's on Friday night. On Kiddush and Shabbos, there's two Brachos. There's Hagafen and there's Mekadish Shabbos. So which, which Brachos should you make first? Beishamah says you make a bracha first mekadesh Shabbos and then bray priyagafen. Or beisilo omrim mevarechalayim ve'achakach mevarechalayom. And beisilo says no. First you make a bracha of hagafen and then you make the bracha of kiddush mekadesh Shabbos. What's the logic? What's the machlokas? Beishamah omrim mevarechalayom ve'achakach mevarechalayim. So beishamah says first you're gonna make the bracha of mekadesh Shabbos, what we call kiddush hayom, and then hagafen. Why? Shayom. Gorim liyayin sheyavo. Because Bishamai will say, "Why are you making agafen? Why are you making agafen? You don't make agafen for one reason. Why? Why? Because it's Shabbos. So therefore, again, it's the bracha of Mekadesh Shabbos, which is gorim, which causes you to make the agafen. Therefore, it makes sense that the bracha of Mekadesh Shabbos should come before the agafen. Furthermore, ukvar kiddush hayom yayin loba. Furthermore, it's already Shabbos. Right? By the time you go ahead and you get to make it, the Shabbos has already started. So because it's already Shabbos, Bishamah is espousing two ideas. Idea number one is that it's Shabbos, which causes the Hagafen. Therefore, the bracha of Mekadesh Shabbos should come before Bribri Hagafen. And furthermore, it's already Shabbos. So because it's already Shabbos, it makes sense to acknowledge the Shabbos identity of the day before Bribri Hagafen.
That's Bishamai. O Basilo Omrim Varichalya Vakum Varichala Yom. Basilo says no first you make a gofen, then the brach of Kiddish Mikadish Shabbos. Why? Shayayin Gor Makdusha Shati Omar. Because we'll say, why are you making Kiddish? You only make Kiddish if what? Alakos. Now the truth is, remember, what he means is you only make Kiddish when you have something else to make Kiddish over. It could be wine, it could be challah, but Vamaisa, you need a heft, you need something to make Kiddish, all right? If you don't have wine, you don't make challah, you rely on Kiddish and Tefillah, you don't make an additional Kiddish. So Vamaisa, again, Beisila will say, it's the wine that drives the Kiddish. And therefore, halacha lemaisa again, yayin comes before mekade, or hagafin comes before mekade Shabbos. So we'll say, this is a machlokis by Shabbos. Beishamai says, kiddish, and then yayin. Beishilil says, yayin, and then kiddish. So the Gemara says, Dovrach, another possibility for Beisilel. Birchasayin to Dira, or Birchasum into Dira. Tadr Vishinah Tadr, Tadr Kodem. Furthermore, Beisilel says, this is an oldie but goodie, right? Oldie but goodie, Tadir, which is, you have, right, Yayin, Hagofen, and Mekadesh Hashabos. Yayin comes more often than Mekadesh Hashabos. Tadr Vishinah Tadr, two items, one which is greater frequency, one which is less frequency. You do that with a greater frequency. Good. That all supports Beisilel's position that first Hagofen, then Mekadesh HaShabbos. So both say we have two Machloksim, right? So we have the or, proper order of Hagofen of, and Lishiv, uh, I should say Hagofen, I should say the Bracha of, of Shech Yonu and Lishiv Basoko. So that we have Rav saying Lishiv and then Shech Yonu. Rabba Bar Barchana, Shech Yonu and Lishiv. Machlokis by Kiddush on Shabbos. Beishamai, Kiddush, Mekadesh HaShabbos, then Hagofen. Basilel Hagofen and then Mekadesh Hashabbos. Says the Gemara, Leima Rav, Domer Kibesh Shamai. Let's say that Rav holds like base Shamai, right? Because Rav puts, Rav puts Leishev Basuka first, and Be Shamai puts Kiddish first. What they're both really focusing on is we focus on the day before we go ahead and focus on anything secondary. So let's say that Rav holds like Be Shamai. And ultimately, again, Basilo says Hagafen, because Rav will say it's the Shech Yonu, it's the Yomtiv. Ultimately, again, Rabbi Rachana, sorry, that's Goring the Leishev Basoka, just like Basilo will say that Halacha Lemaisa. It is the it is the kiddush that is going there. Furthermore, again, Rabbi Barbarachana holds of Tadir, right? And Basila also holds of Tadir, to which the Gemara says, Rav, So Rav will say, No, that's not true. Don't 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 lock me into Beishamai. I love Beishamai, but my my view is not only in accordance with Beishamai. I can even hold like Basila. How so? See, Basila's logic is. On Shabbos, you say Hagafen before Mekadesh HaShabbos. Why? Because it is the wine that causes, so to speak, the Kiddush, right? There is no Kiddush without the wine. So it makes sense that the wine comes first. Aval Hacha. But again, by Sukkah, he loves man. Milo Amrin on Sukkah. Let's say he didn't say Shechianu. Let's say he didn't say Shechianu on the first night of Sukkah. Would there still be a Lishav Basukkah? And the answer is, the answer is, Yes. In other words, they're not interdependent. So because, for example, I'll give you a simple example. Let's say a person made the Shekhyano while they were building the Sukkah. So there's a whole discussion. If a person made the Shekhyano while they were building the Sukkah, they might not make Shekhyano again on the first night of Yom Tiv. Would you still make a Lesheba Sukkah? Absolutely. So all Rav is saying is, in my model, Shekhyano, right? Basilel is saying it's the Yayin that's Gorim the Kiddush, right? You don't make Kiddush without Yayin. 
So therefore, it makes sense that the Yain is, is the first bracha and Mekadesh HaShabbos is the second one. That level of interdependence does not work, is not, not present by Sukkah. The brachos of Leishay, Basok, and Shekhinah are not interdependent. So, good. The Gemara says, furthermore, Rabbi Rachana would say, I hold even like Beishamai. How so? Because by Shabbos, Beishamai holds, you make Kiddush before Hagaf. And why? Because it's the Shabbos that causes ultimately again Kiddush to occur or Yayin to occur. The bracha yain to occur. Avahacha, but over here by sukkis ilav sukkah milar minan zazman. Let's say you don't have a sukkah, would you still say shechianu? And the answer is yes, because you're making a shechianu ultimately again on the yamtiv. So the gemara says, so listen to this. So why, besides the fact that this is riveting, why are we bringing this up here? So I'll tell you why. Watch our watch this. Tanan, the gemara wants to prove a point from our mishnah. What does our mishnah say? Ba'atzeres on shavuos. When all the Kanem are gathered in the base of Mikdash, and it's Shabbos, Shavuos, Omer Lo, Helech Matzah, Helech Chametz. Right, what happens? The Kohen who's dividing everything up says, Helech Matzah, here, you take Matzah, what's Matzah, what's Matzah? Lechem Aponim, right, you take Matzah, and you take Chametz. Chametz was the Shteha Lechem, the unique offering by Shavuos. Now watch the order. So the Gemara says, we'll say, the fact that it says, Hei Lech Matzah puts Lechem upon him before Shtei Lechem. So the Gemara says, Vaha Hacha, Dechametz Iker, Umatzah Tafel. Yet we'll say, it's Shavuos. It's Shavuos. So the primary offering, right, the primary offering is the Chametz, is the Shtei Lechem. And the Matzah, Lechem upon him, should be secondary. Vekatani, Hei Lech Matzah, Vehei Lech Chametz. And yet again, in the distribution, what do we do? We put ultimately Lechem upon him before matzah, this seems to be what to yufta de rav. This would seem to be a refutation of rav. We'll say why? Because going back to sukkis, rav said we say leishev basoka before shechiano. Rabbi Barachano said we go ahead and we say shechiano before sukkah. Why? Tadir v'sheno tadir tadir kodem. And we'll say when you're distributing lechem upon him and shtei lechem, it would appear which one should you distribute first? Which one should right lechem upon him? Why? Tadir v'sheno tadir tadir kodem. But yet that's not what we do. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that is what we do, excuse me. So we go ahead and we distribute the lechem upon him before we distribute the shteh lechem, which would seem to support the position of Rabbah Barbar Chana, just like Shech Yano comes before Leishev, and refute Rav's position. Tiyofed Rav, Amr Lecharav, Rav will say no. Tanahi, it's a machlokis tanoim, v'hadisanya heilech matzah, heilech chametz, and that's which the Mishnah says, take matzah, take chametz, take lechem upon him, take shteh lechem, as the Gemara says, Tanahi, Disanya, Heilach Matzah, Heilach Chametz, Abashal Omer, Heilach Chametz, Heilach Matzah. Shavuot said, This is fascinating. So Rav will say, No, don't be so quick to say the Mishnah refutes me. The Mishnah is also Machlokas. They're also Machlokas. What did the Kohen say? Did the Kohen say, Heilach Chametz, Heilach Matzah? Did he distribute first Lechem upon him and then Shteh Lechem? Or did he distribute Shteh Lechem and then Lechem upon him? And we'll say, what's that Machlokes? It's incredible. It's the same Machlokes, Leisheba Sukkah, Shechiyano, Shechiyano, Leisheba Sukkah. Isn't that incredible? So you have this tension in Halakha, in general, between the, what, the primary identity of the day versus Tadir, which takes precedence in Halakha, both Altsbrachas as well as in the distribution of Shteya Lechem and Lechem upon him. Incredible. Says the Gimar Darash of Nachabar of Christa, Loki Divrei Rav, Do Amr Sukkah, Vachakach Zman. Right, so Rav Nachman Darshin, the halacha does not follow Rav. 
who says that first you make a lay shave and then shechianu ella zman va'achakach Rather, the proper order is to first say shechianu, then lay shave basoka. But Rav Sheishes Rav Sheishes braid Rav Idi Amar Sukkah va'achakach zman. Rav Sheishes braid Rav Idi said no. The proper order for kiddush is first to go and make the bracha of lay shave and then to go ahead and make the bracha of shechianu ve'hilchasa sukkah va'achakach zman. And the halacha is first we make the lay shave basoka. Then we make the Shekhyana. So we'll say, well, this is a very important piece of Halacha Lamaisa. So how do we paskin? So the Shulchan Aruch, in fact, goes in and paskins like Rav. Namely, again, that when we make Kiddush, first we make Leishe Basoka, then a Shekhyana. The logic behind it is because the Shekhyana devolves on two things. On the Yomtiv and on the Sukkah. Now, there's an interesting discussion of what do you do second night of Sukkis. So here there's an interesting machlokis. So the Shulchan Aruch quotes the opinion that on the second night we make the Shech Yonu and then the Leishev Basukah. And the logic behind that is because we've already made the Shech Yonu on the Yomtiv, on the Yomtiv and on the Sukkah. So therefore we reverse the order. The Mishnabura quotes many, many opinions who disagree with this and say that on the second night it's proper to preserve the same exact order as the first night. This is one of these beautiful halachas where the Shulchan Aruch says, the Mishnah Bura says, the Avid Kimar Avid, the Avid Kimar Avid, whatever you do on the second night, you're fine. Meaning, first night, everyone agrees, lay shape, and then Shech Yonu. Second night, second night, differences of opinion, but whatever you do, whichever order of brachos you do, halacha lamaisa, you're covered. Lay shape Shech Yonu. Lay shape Shech Yonu. Yeah, I'll talk, but I'll give you the Maram Makum. You can look at it. You can look at it in Eretz Hashem on your own. It's Simon Tafresh Mem Gimel. Sedra Kiddish Yayin Kiddish Sukkah Ve'acherkach Zman. That's how Shukhan Aruch Paskins. So again, it's Yayin Hagofen Kiddish Mekadish Yisrael Ve'azmanin Leishe Ba'asukah and Shachiyon. And then again, for the second night, the Shukhan Aruch discusses that in Simon Tafresh Samech Aleph. Good, good, good Maram Akamos. Says the Gemara. Both says, go weiter. Mishmar Shezmano Kavua Ushar Kavano Sibor. So let's remember again, the Mishnah made the distinction between karbonos that are that are yomtiv yomtiv centric versus what we'll call normative karbonos. So the the karbonos associated with yomtiv, all the kohanim who are present get to share in them, but the regular everyday karbonos only go to the mishmar. So the gemara says ushar karbonos sibor other communal offerings. The gemara says go to the mishmar on call. La suyemai, what does that come to include? La par he'alam davar shel tzibor usiiri avodas kochavim. We'll say what that means is if over the course of the yomtiv the Sanhedrin made an erroneous ruling. And everyone acted on it, right? You bring a parhel and davar shel tzibor, or again, if they issued an erroneous ruling which led to avodah chas v'shalom, who, whoever is the ankol mishmar gets to partake of those communal offerings, and the other kohanim who are just there for the yamtiv do not get to participate in that. So we'll say so again. All, and similarly, the last line: who hakol, he offers everything. La suye mai. What does that come to include? La suye We've learned this before. Kesem mizbech means the the halacha was that the mizbech should never remain dormant. So if for some reason there were no either obligatory or voluntary offerings being offered up on the mizbech, halacha might say they had what we called a dessert fund. And what was the dessert fund? This was just the fund to go ahead and bring carbonos on the mizbech, so the mizbech should never be dormant. So halacha lemaisa comes out is as follows. All Kohanim are invited to participate in the Avodah of the Regalim. And because you're invited to participate in the Avodah, if you're invited to participate in the Avodah, then what? You're invited to participate in what? In consumption. In consumption. When are you invited to participate in consumption? Only in Karbanos that are related to the Yom Tif. 
But in Karbanos, they're not related to the Antiv, just part and parcel of everyday sacrificial service. Only the Kohanim, whose Mishmar is actually on call, get to participate and partake in those. The other Kohanim who are just there for Yamtiv, they don't get to participate. One notable exception to that rule is, is Lech Ma'panim. Lech Ma'panim, whoever is present, gets a share. Both say, last Mishnah, Meseches Sukkah. Yamtiv, Samach L'Shav, Ispein Milfana, Beimelach the Yamtiv that came before, the Yamtiv that is next to Shabbos. Now we'll see what this means in the Gemara. Yamtiv that, that is right up against Shabbos, whether before or after. Hayukala Mishmaros, Shavos, Bechiluk Lechem Apanim. All of the Mishmaros who are present were equal in terms of distribution of Lechem Apanim. Now we'll say, what we're going to be talking about over here is we're going to see that sometimes as a result of the way that Yamtiv fell out, so you had Kohanim, I'm not, I, I don't want to use the word who were stuck in Yerushalayim. Because a Jew is never stuck in Yerushalayim. You're privileged to be in Yerushalayim. But sometimes the way the calendar, the calendar worked out is you weren't able to get home. You weren't able to get home, but yet it wasn't Yamtiv. So we'll, we'll see this in the Gemara. So what do you do if you're in Yerushalayim, but it's not Yamtiv, but you're there? So the Mishnah says, whoever is there, as a result of Yamtiv, it has equal distribution in the Lechem Aponim. Chal Yos Yom Echad, Lahafsik Bein Saim. But again, if Halach say Yamtiv ended in a way where there is time to get home, but the Kohen chose not to go home. Mishmar Shazmano Kavua, Hayenotel Eser Chalos. So the Mishmar who was on call ultimately again got 10 loaves of Lechem Aponim. Vamis Akiv Notel Shtayim. And the, the Kohanim who remained behind ultimately again got two loaves. So we'll say case number one is where the Kohen could not get home after or before Yantiv. Well, we'll, we'll discuss the case. Case number two is the Kohen could have gotten home, but what? But what? He didn't go, whatever, whatever the reason. So we're not going to leave him high and dry. In that case, the on-call Mishmar gets 10 loaves of the 12 of Lechem upon him. And the other Kohanim who are left there, who were there, share in two. On the rest of the year, means on a regular Shabbos, the shift that is entering, right? The shift that is that is nichnas that is coming on to duty gets six loaves, and the shift that is leaving gets six. This is on a regular Shabbos. The, the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda Omar Nichnas Notel Sheva, Vayotse Notel Chamesh. Rabbi Huda says the shift coming in actually gets seven loaves, and the the shift, the parting gets five loaves. Now, both I want to point out, remember, the actual end total, does it, it's the same, right? Because remember, again, if you're, getting, if you're getting seven as the entering shift this week, that means what? You're getting five as the departing shift next week. So it's interesting. You still get the same number. We'll see Rabbi Huda divides it up like that. The shift going in, they divide up their lechem upanim in the northern part of the Mikdash, and the ones departing ultimately divide up their loaves in the southern part. Bilga, the family of Bilga, the Zosal Kohanic family, the Olam Cholekes Bidaram. They always divide their lechem upanim in the south of the base of Mikdash. And their slaughter ring was closed up. Well, so remember again, right by the Mizbech, you had these rings that were embedded in the ground. The way it would work is they push the animal to the side, they lift the ring up, put the ring over the head of the animal, lock the ring into the ground. This way, again, the animal would be locked in place for Shechita. The family of Bilga was punished. And one of their punishments was their ring was permanently closed. 
which meant that they were unable to slaughter Karbanos. We'll discuss why they were punished. So you see over here, by the way, that Kohanic families had their own ring. I mean, come on, everybody needs their own slaughter ring. Who, who doesn't have a slaughter ring, right? And then again, what else? So number one, their slaughter ring was, was, was locked up, at, as well as their knife cubby. Their knife cubby, right? They also say, so what's the knife cubby? Kishmo kenhu. When you were a coin, you had your own knives. So remember again, there were these cubbies, these chambers in the area of the Kodesh, where Kohanim used to keep their knives, right? By the Ulam, their cubby was closed up. So the family of Bilga was punished in three ways. Number one, they do their division of Lechem upon him in the south, whereas everyone else does it in the north. If you're an, if you're an entering if you're an entering shift, number two, their slaughtering was closed. Number three, their knife cubby was closed. Says the Gemara, What does it mean when Yamtiv fell before or after Shabbos? If you want to say that before, it means Yom Tov Rishon, right? That Shabbos is Yom Tov Rishon, afterwards means Yom Tov Acharon. Then that's the case of Shabbos in the midst of Yom Tov. But also it's referring to as as follows. If the last day of Yom Tov falls on a Friday, that means that any Kohanim who came to Yerushalayim for the regal will be what? Will be what? will be in Yerushalayim for Shabbos, right? And similarly, again, if Yom Tov starts on Sunday, any coin who wants to be there for the beginning of Yom Tov, by definition, is going to have to be there when? When? Friday. So, or Shabbos, I should say. So, right, you have to get there Friday, but you have to be there Shabbos. So, we'll say the idea that the Mishnah is saying is, if because of the way Yom Tov fell out, either how it ended or how it's going to begin, you, Kohen, by definition, have to be in Yerushalayim for Shabbos. We make sure that ultimately, again, everyone gets to participate equally in the Lechem HaPondim. As the Gemara says, Since again, the Kohen has no choice but to spend Shabbos in the Mikdash, if he wants to go ahead and be there for Yom Tiv, therefore Chazal instituted that everyone gets the Shana Lechem upon it equally, therefore the Kohanim get teeth. Beautiful. Chal Yom Echad. Also remember again, however, what happens if there's a day, there's a day break in between. So this, for example, would mean, let's say Yom Tiv ends Thursday night. Thursday night. Which means what? Coin, you can go home. He doesn't go home. He doesn't go home. He stays in the Mikdash. So what did the Mishnah say? In that case, the on-call shift will get 10 loaves and the remaining Kohanim will divide up two loaves. Says the Yimara Amadez, Vahani Tarti Maya Vidataihu. Ultimately, again, what, 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 what did Rabbi say? Now remember again, the Gemara is actually not referencing this. Rabbi Yehuda, remember the first opinion Tanakama said, how do you divide up the loaves? Six and six. Rabbi Huda said, how do you divide it up? Seven and five. Seven for the incoming shift, five for the departing shift. Says the Why why does Rabbi Huda do that? Why does the incoming shift get seven and the outgoing shift get five? On Rabbi Yitzchak, Bishar Hagafas Dolosos. This is very interesting because essentially the incoming shift does more work. Why? Because remember again, the shifts change over on Shabbos, which means that that morning, that morning, the on-call shift opens up the doors. The incoming shift has to close the doors that night. So there's an extra avoda involved in their week of service. That Yehuda says, because there's an extra avoda involved in the week of service, we pay them extra, right? And payment should reflect the nature of the services delivered. The incoming shift does more work than the outgoing shift. I says the Gemara, that doesn't make any sense. The name of Dal Bidal, 
but it's a wash. In other words, it's the same 12. So remember again, so the incoming shift last week, they got seven because they closed the doors. They'll get five this week when they depart, right? The incoming shift this week, they're going to get seven this week for the extra work, but less, but less later on. So what's the, but it's the same, right? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, every Mishmar is partaking of how many loaves of Lechem upon him? 12. So I, I don't understand. You're not paying anyone more, anyone less. You're just dividing it differently. To which the Gemara says, teaches us a very important lesson that sometimes a small, gir- a small gourd is worth more than a large gourd. Which means, Dr. if somebody gives you a small gourd and it's attached to the ground, right? And you have a choice. What's the choice? Let it grow and develop into a larger gourd or take it now, assuming it's edible and usable now, or take it now. So Abaye says, what do we learn from here? Take it now. Because sometimes if you wait to let it grow bigger, hopefully that'll become more. What happens? What happens? It could get ruined, right? It could become rotten. It could get eaten. It could get stolen. So sometimes in life, there's the episode of taking advantage of the opportunities that present themselves to you and not, not waiting in life for something greater, which may come along. An incredible, incredible episode. So the mice at the end of the day, you're right. It's a full 12. But right now, we want to recognize them for the extra work that they've done. Aye, they're going to get less on the back end. That's okay. Sometimes in life, you have to focus on what is and not on what may or can be. Such a profound yusod. Botsina tav, it's a good, it's a good line also, rolls off the tongue. Botsina tava mikra. Botsina tava mikra, it's a good mantra for life. A small gourd is better than a big gourd. I both say so many times in life, opportunities present themselves and we say, oh, I'm waiting for something better. I'm waiting for something better. What, 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 are, you, what, what are you waiting for? What's, what's, what's better? What's better? I want to improve my learning, but I'm waiting for something better. I'm waiting for this opportunity. That oppor- what, what are you talking about? There are people who spend their entire lives waiting for big gourds. People who spend their entire lives waiting for the opportunity. I have no idea what that opportunity looks like. I have no idea what that mitzvah is, but I know that I'm waiting for something bigger. Sometimes in life, stop waiting for something bigger and just maximize and take what is. Take the small gourds when they present themselves because it's the opportunity that's right there. I'm Rav Yehuda, Musaf and Cholkin. And ultimately, again, with the Kerba Musaf, they go ahead and the Musaf and they, they, they divide. So the Gemara Shabbos said, now this is interesting because remember what this sounds like is the incoming shift and the outgoing shift, they go ahead and they divide up the Musaf. And Mesvei, Mishmar Ayotzei, Ayotzei's Ose Taman Shal Shachar, the outgoing shift, they perform the Taman Shal Shachar and the Mosav, Mishmar Sanichnesas, and ultimately again the incoming shift, they go and they offer up the afternoon tamid and the spoons of frankincense from the from the Shulchan. And yet there's no mention of anybody dividing up the Mosav. Right? No, no mention. If, if anything, it sounds like the Musaf is the purview of the outgoing, uh, of the outgoing Mishmar. So to which the Gemara says, That's not a kasha. This time is not talking about the din of Chalukah. Fine. Amarava, Vahatani, Debe Shmuel, Demari Bechalukah, Musafin, Musafin Chalukalokatani. I, but the time of the Shmuel was talking about division, but yet he never made any reference to the division of the Musaf. The time of the Shmuel, the departing Mishmar, they do the morning Tamid and the Musafin. Ultimately, again, the incoming Mishmar, they do the Tamid Shalvein Abai in the afternoon Tamid and the Bazichin, the spoons of frankincense. 
There were four Kohanim who went in. This is for the division of Lechem Aponim. Two from the outgoing Mishmar, two from the incoming Mishmar. And ultimately, again, they divide up the Lechem Aponim. Four Kohanim involved. Two from the incoming shift, two from the outgoing shift. But there's no mention to any division of the Musaf. We refer to position of Yehuda. And the Musaf was not divided up. Rather, again, who performed the Musaf? The Musaf was the outgoing shift. So yeah, Tamit Shal Shachar, Musaf, done by the outgoing shift. Tamit Shal Bein Harabayim, and Bazichin, done by the incoming shift. Four Kohanim in charge of the division of Lechem Aponim. Two from the incoming shift, two from the outgoing shift. Beautiful. Hanichnasen Cholkim Betzafen. So remember again, the incoming shift, they divide up their Lechem Aponim in the north. And the outgoing shift do it in the south. Turn around, but nechnasin cholki b'tzafin kedeshiyiru shein nechnasin vayotzin cholki b'darim kedeshiyiru shein yotzin. We want to have clearly defined areas why, so that everyone should know who is the incoming shift and who is the outcoming shift. Again, the marshal gets into reasons for why north and south, but not not not, not for us right now. But la to have clearly defined areas, therefore there's no confusion about who's incoming, who's outgoing. I both say last gemara, so incredibly profound. Bilga. So the Mishnah says that the family, the chronic family of Bilgo was punished. They always eat their lechem upon him in the south, even when what? Even when they are the incoming shift. Furthermore, again, their slaughtering was closed, their knife cubby was closed. What happened? Because there was once an episode with Miriam, the daughter of Bilga, right? Bilga was the Kohanic patriarch. He was, he, was the, he was the father of the family. So one time his daughter... Shemira Daita, she gave up her religion or really rebelled against her religion. And ultimately again she intermarried. She married a she married a Greek, a Greek official. And what happened? When the Greeks came into the Mizbeach. she kicked the Mizbeach. She kicked him his back. So she entered in, she entered in with the Greeks to the Beis HaMikdash. And she kicked, the, she kicked him his back. But Umrah, she said, Locus, locus. Locus means a wolf. Wolf, wolf. Admasai ato mechala mamonan shal Yisrael viata omid alein b'shas adchak. And Miriam Bas Bilga kicks him and she said, Wolf, wolf. You, you, HaKadosh Baruch, you are a devouring wolf. You take, you take, and you take. And yet when your children need you, you're nowhere to be found. So the Gemara says, When the Chachamim heard this, When the Chachamim heard that Miriam Bas Bilga did this, they went ahead and they closed up the slaughtering of the Bilga family, and they also closed up the cubby, the knife cubby. So, say, so, some, so, so, so first version is the Bilga family was punished because of the actions of Miriam Bas Bilga. They show him others to listen to this. No, that, that's not what happened with Bilga. Bilga is incredible. Mishamarta Shohelavo. Bilga was always late. Bilga was always late to the Avoda. V'nichnas Yishabed Achiv Imo. And ultimately, again, so what ended up happening? So Yeshavev, his brother, which was the next Mishmar over, kind of ended up taking up his service. So I will say, such an incredible Yisod. When something is important, you're on time. You're on time, right? Everyone's on time to things that are important to them. 
if I'm late to something, whether I want to admit it or not, it just shows it doesn't have a complete importance to me. So again, Bilga is late for the Avoda. You're late, you're late for the Avoda? You're, you're late for the Avoda? So obviously that shows what you think about the Avoda. So therefore, again, he was penalized. So the Gemara says, And even though we say normally, being the neighbor of a Russia doesn't pay, apparently for Yeshavev, for right, the, next, the next Mishmar over it did. Because he got to do the Avod, or he got to participate in things because Bilgo was often late. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, so therefore two different versions as to why the Bilga family was punished. Either number one, because of the actions of Miriam Bas Bilga, or number two, because Bilga was always late. So I understand according to the second version. If you tell me that Bilga lost the opportunity to do Shrita, their knife cubby was closed up, and they are penalized by always going ahead and eating Lechem HaPanim in the South, because they were late, I understand that punishment. I understand that. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that shows a certain lack of reverence and covered for the Avod. That makes sense. But again, if it's because of the actions of Miriam Basbilga, because of the actions of the child, you're going to penalize the father? So it's, it, it's, it's horrible what Miriam did. First of all, number one, that she intermarried. Number two, that she went ahead and she entered into the Mikdash with such incredible disdain. But because of that, you're going to punish the entire Mishpacha. Both say, this is incredible. Amr Abayi in. Abayi says, yes. Do you know why? Kida Amri Inshi, Shusa Dianuka Bishuka. The way you hear a child talk in the marketplace, O Davua, O Diime, comes from his father or from his mother. We'll say an incredible, look at Rashi with just a moment. Shusa Dianuka Bishuka Davua, O Diime. Rashi says, Mashal Hedyo to Masha Tinok, Medaber Bishuk, Me Aviv, O Me Imo Shama. The way that a child talks, he hears from his mother or his father. We'll say, do you understand? The Divrayal, the Satma Rebbe, says something incredibly beautiful about this. He says, at the end of the day, if you notice, by the way, Chazal, are, don't penalize Bilga, right, the Bilga family, for Miriam's intermarriage, right? Children make their own decisions. And unfortunately, we know this all too well. A parent could do Everything right, whatever, whatever that means to do everything right. A parent could do everything right, but Lamaisa, children have Bechira. Children have Bechira, they have free choice, and they use that free choice in different ways. What Chazal feel, what Chazal feel is where children are a reflection of their parents, are in their Hashkafas, are in their Yedias, and how they speak. Right? My approach and my orientation specifically towards Yiddishkeit and towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is embedded in me from my parents. Now it's true, I have Bechira in that area as well. You always have Bechira. And many times again, parents could do everything right, and yet my children still make their own decisions to do different things than I ever thought they would. But Lamaisa, from the eyes of Chazal, if Miriam Bas Bilga is talking this way about the Mizbeach, where do you see this idea that you walk into the Mikdash and you kick the Mizbeach, locus, locus? So Chazal felt, that has to come from her father. You want to intermarry? That's between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That, that's, that's, not, that's not our business, so to speak. But you demean HaKadosh Baruch Hu like this and you demean the Avodah? Where does that come from? 
Where does that come from? Where does speech like that come from? Where does a mindset like that come from? But one second. All right, even if you're right, that right, Mr. and Mrs. Bilga maybe didn't do the give, give their daughter Miriam the right chinuch. You're going to penalize the entire mishpacha. Amr Abaye, yes. Ayla Rasha, Ayla Shcheno. Tov Litzadik, Tov Lishcheno. Ultimately, again, ultimately, yes. Because at the end of the day, that's what happens. There's a, there's a certain level of collective responsibility. Ayla Rasha, Ayla Shcheno, Tov Litzadik, I'll just point out, the, the Rashi, Rashi doesn't include that pasuk in Shnemar. Imru Litzadik, Kitov, Keep your Malay, Mechil Rabasi. Rashi says something amazing. I know we're late. Rashi says something amazing. Where do you learn the concept? Of Ayla Rasha Ayla Shcheno, it's incredible. Where do you learn it from? We know it's a mission in Avas. Where does the content learn from? Rashi says it's learned from Saras Habatim. Listen to this. You own you own a home, right? I, I have a home. Let's say again, what are you um what do you call the homes that have a shared middle wall? Semi attached, right? You have a semi attached home. So we'll say, watch this. Imagine a person lives in the right, Ruven should live in a semi attached home. Ruven gets Saras on his wall. On his wall. We'll say, so what, what's that? What happens when you get saras on the bricks of your house? What happens? You pull it out. Who does that impact? Who does that impact? Shimon. Shimon didn't do anything. The saras came out on Ruvain's side, right? Which means Ruvain did something. It did nothing. Shimon didn't do anything. Ayla Rasha, Ayla Rashi says, that's how we learn out this concept. And the Gemara says, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Halacha Lema because this happened in the Bilga family, the entire Mishpacha is impacted. But I'll just end off with this, we're really going to end. The Sat Mereba, just to expand a little bit what I mentioned before, he says again, I'm going to read to you, he says, Because someone intermarried, Chazal aren't going to penalize the entire Mishmar. They're not going to penalize the Mishmar. He goes on, the Rebbe goes on and he says, what you do in your life between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's, that's between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. No one has the right to stand in judgment of that. But the moment what you do has an impact upon others, the moment that what you do impacts those around you, that's where ultimately there's responsibility. Miriam Basbilga, you want to go out and marry this, this Greek general? This, that, that, that's your, it's, it, it's a Rahmanis, it's horrible, but that's your cheshpan. But the moment you come in and you kick the Mizbeach, the moment you come in and you publicly mechalel Hashem Shamayim, then at the end of the day, we can't have that. Once you impact the cloud, once you impact the collective, once you impact the community, that's when your transgression becomes much more heinous and much more significant. So I'll say, we see from here so many incredible lessons. Number one, be careful what you say around your kids, because at the end of the day, they will always repeat it. But it's not just what you say, it's what you say, it's how you say it, it's when you say it. You talk during davening, your kid learn to talk during davening. You speak Lashon Hara, your kids speak Lashon Hara. You demean Tamidi Chachamim, your kids will demean Tamidi Chachamim. You're critical of everyone and everything and have something negative to say about everyone, your kids will do the same exact thing. But Lamaisa, the converse is also true. You talk Torah, you talk Kiddusha, you talk about the Rebbe Bono you've got the privilege of being a Jew. Your children begin to speak. Our children mimic us in every single way and we are responsible for the Hashkafas that our children ultimately hold in life because their hashkafas are a reflection of our hashkafas as well. When we sin, which we all do, we have to try to minimize the damage between ourselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to be so careful not to allow the byproduct of our hate to spill out into the collective because the moment it spills out into the collective is the moment ultimately again where there's enhanced liability and culpability as evidenced by, by Miriam Basdoga. We have to be so careful about the people we keep company with. 
and the influences that we surround ourselves with because everyone and everything has an impact on us. So I will say, it has been an incredible privilege to finish Meseches Sukkah together. Shechiyanu, Vikimanu, Vigyanu, Lazmanazah, Hadron Alecha, Cholil, Uslikala Meseches Sukkah, Vosay Mirzash, and right on time, I just want to add on, Baruch Hashem, right on schedule. I just also want to point out tomorrow we begin Meseches Be'ah. This is a, another short Mesechte, a whole bunch of short Mesechtes going into Yamim Noraim. What an incredible schos Yom is all about new beginnings. All about new beginnings. And the fact that we have the opportunity for a new beginning, a new Masechta, literally again in the days before Rosh Hashanah, is a privilege to income on, an immeasurable privilege. May we be Zochemir Hashem to start the Masechta tomorrow, start to start strong together, to start strong, to finish strong, and in Merit Hashem to relish the opportunity we have each and every day. Mazel Tov, Shkoyach.